Welcome to the Spark to Your Success. My name is TJ Dow and I believe we all have a bright spark inside when you find yours and light it up. Not only do you light up inside and that feels amazing, but you light up the world around you, allowing others to feel amazing too. What a great gift to give, not just to yourself, but to all those people around you. The Spark to Your Success podcast is designed to bring you a little inspiration, a little bit of insight and a lot of positivity to your day. So welcome to this episode in the Ignition series where we're talking about what is ignition and what is involved if you choose to come and be part of any of our ignition programs for parents, for young people, for teachers, for trainers, for businesses. There's much to discover. So in this episode, we are going to discover and explore one of the modules that we call your driving force. What drives your behaviours and the behaviours of other people around you at an unconscious level? And your driving force, when we know which of your fuels is most like you, then we've got a pretty good idea of what your driving force may be. Now, driving force is based on the work of a gentleman named Anthony Robbins. Now, some of you may have come across Anthony Robbins. If personal development was a religion, he would be the Pope. (laughs) He has been at the top of his game, teaching, coaching, training personal development for several decades. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that. He is the best of the best of the best. Now, he's a bit Marmite. You either love him or you hate him. He is larger than life, quite literally. Six foot seven, I believe, uh, American. And um, all that rah-rah brings with that American larger than life personality. Now, love him or hate him, I actually love him. His work is amazing, outstanding, second to none. And he is the gentleman that came up with what's called six human needs, which is your driving force. What I love about Robbins is I reckon he would be a pilot profile, uh, which is a mixture of Nova energy, creativity and exuberant fuel being the people person. So what he's great at is taking concepts that are already out there, understanding them and then simplifying them so that it's easy for people like you and I to take and use. And that's definitely what he's done with Six Human Needs. So let me share with you the work of Anthony Robbins. I really want to make sure that we honour him and acknowledge him for this piece of work. It most definitely is not unique to the Ignition programme. So what Robbins realised was that in all the millions of people around the world that he has impacted in their lives and had the pleasure of coaching and training, he he started to notice patterns, pattern recognition, and noticed that it didn't seem to matter what country you grew up in, what language you speak, how intelligent you are, whether you're male or female, um, what culture you grew up in. We all have the same six human needs. That is the six human needs of the human being and the human spirit, if you like, as well. And they are needs. They're not, oh, that would be lovely if, or that would be nice to have. It is a need. And a need means I have to meet this need, otherwise I will die. 
That's why it is our driving force. These things drive you beyond your conscious, logical, rational thought. You will violate your own standards in order to meet a need. And you'll see that as we go through and explore them in this section. So six human needs. You'll see a little bit of Maslow in there. You'll see a little few other bits and bobs. So let's get started. So Robbins recognised that we all have a need for certainty. So certainty could be safety, security, peace of mind, a sense of routine, structure, a feeling of being in control of our, our internal world and our external world, the world around us. We all have a need for certainty. However, if all things in life were certain, imagine this, if every minute of the day you knew exactly what was going to happen and you did the same thing every single day, you'd get up at the same time, you'd wear the same kind of clothes, you'd have the same getting ready routine, you'd eat the same thing for breakfast, go to the same place, meet the same people, have the same conversations, do the same work, travel the same in the same vehicle, buy the same route, watch the same movies, listen to the same music, eat the same food for your lunch and your dinner and your supper, you would drink the same thing like day in, day out, seriously, boring. <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day. I watched that film again recently just for the purpose of watching it with this in mind. I just like to see the frustration that the main character has as he tries to make the day different and it just isn't. So we have a need for certainty, but if we have too much certainty, it drives us crazy. So built in, not only do we have a need for certainty, but we also have a need for uncertainty. In other words, variety. Variety is a spice of life. Is that what they say? We have a need to feel that excited anticipation of not quite knowing what's coming next, a sense of adventure, something we can get our head around and solve a new problem or a new challenge, go to new places, do different things with different people and different days and ride roller coasters and bring that sense of surprise into our lives. However, if all things were uncertain, then we go crazy, but in a different way. And the example that I often give is, I think, one that most people can relate to. So this example, you've not been feeling very well, right? And you go to the doctor and the doctor says, yeah, I don't think it's anything to worry about really. But I tell you what, we'll just send you for some tests just in case. So you go to the hospital, you have the test, you come home. You've had the test, but you haven't had the results back yet. And that little voice inside starts its conversation. Remember those 60,000 thoughts a day? Off they go. I wonder what's wrong with me. But the doctor said it's probably nothing. Yes, but he did send me for some tests. That means there could be something. I wonder what's wrong with me. Oh, I hope I don't have to take medication. I hate taking medication. It makes you feel worse instead of better. It has all those side effects. Oh, I hope I don't have to have like horrible side effects. Don't look like the sound of that. What if I, have, if I have to have a different treatment? What kind of treatment? Oh my gosh, I hope I don't have to have surgery. I don't want to be cut open. Do you want to be on the table and be cut open? I certainly don't. I'd have to have time off work. Oh my gosh, how, how much time off work? Can't afford to be on like statutory sick pay and hardly get paid anything. How am I going to pay the bills? What if it's long term? <gasps> how am I going to pay the bills if I'm off for a long time? Who's going to get the work done? How am I going to tell them that I'm going to be off to work for a long time? Oh my gosh. What if it's worse than that? What if it's terminal? Am I going to die? <laughs> Talk about distortions. You went from it's nothing to dead in about five seconds flat in your mind. 
talk about 60,000 distortions a day. Oh my gosh, just, I need the results. Just give me the results so I can get my head around it so I know what to do. In other words, have some certainty back and feel as if I'm in control again. So I need both certainty and uncertainty, but I need them in a way that works for me. I don't want to be bored, but I don't want to be in my panic zone either. So I need to have them in a way that is balanced in my life so that I can cope. As well as certainty and variety, I have a need built in for love and connection. I was never meant to be alone on this planet, like a lone little island. It is built in so strongly that babies who are left in orphanages, if they don't have any TLC, and they die. It's called failure to thrive. It's a medical condition. That's how built in and wired we are for it, all that love and connection. Now, some people have been hurt in love. They put up the wall and go, nobody's coming that close to me again. But they still need to connect, whether it's an intimate love relationship, family relationship love, or whether it's just friendship, have to have love and connection. However, If you've ever been with a group of people or maybe just one person living in each other's pockets day in, day out, 24-7, seven days a week, at some point, chances are you're going to go, do you know what? As much as I love you and I like being with you, I just need some space. Right? You've been there, right? I just need to go and be me for a bit. Because as well as having a need for love and connection, I also have built in a need for significance and freedom to be me. Just to cut those strings and be a little bit more like me for a while, to be special, different, unique, do what I want to do, express myself. However, if I'm too different, special, unique, not like anyone else, well, that's a bit of a challenge because, well, rapport is based on people like people like themselves or people they aspire to be. And when they've got things in common, that's where we connect, right? I love that music. Do you love that music? Yeah, let's go and listen to that music. Let's go see that band together. Let's go to that place, do that thing. If I've got nothing in common, how am I going to connect? So again, I need them both, but I have to find a balance that works for me. As well as having a need for certainty, variety, love and connection, significance and freedom to be me, I also have higher needs of the human being in terms of the human spirit. And that is learning and growth. It's built in. That's why we have curiosity. And that's why at three years old, you start to ask, but why, but why, but why, but why? Curiosity. And you need to learn and grow to move forward, to expand. If I'm not learning and growing... It's like, well, it's like plants, they just if they don't grow, they die. So I'm either learning and growing or I'm vegetating and dying. So it's built in. I need to learn and grow. And my sixth need is a need to contribute, leave a legacy, make my little ding in the world, whatever that might be, to contribute. Maybe it could be knowledge or skill. It could be money. It could be just being present with people but I need to know that I've made a difference outside of just meeting my other needs. So I have all six. I have to meet them all. But usually I'll have one that is more powerful, that drives me more than any of the others. I have a top one or two needs. Now, a couple of sayings that I absolutely love from the world of neuro-linguistic programming and my neuro-strategy world, and that is, 
write this down, make a note of it, type it into your phone. People are not their behaviours. Their behaviour is an outward symptom of an unmet need. So love the person, change the behaviour by meeting the need or helping them to meet their need in a different way. So a different behaviour can show up. The other thing that I really love and embrace, and again, have to remind yourself about this if you're going to impact your own world and the people around you, and that is this. Again, write it down or capture it on your phone. The moment that you judge someone, you lose the ability to influence them and appreciate their gifts. I think that is really powerful. So I'm going to say again, the moment that you judge someone, you lose the ability to influence them and appreciate their gifts. Because I don't know about you, but when you're being judged, you feel that judgment, don't you? And it's like you're sitting there and you're thinking, did they just judge me? Is that what they think? How dare they? They have no clue who I am. They've not read my magnificent me. We didn't talk about magnificent me yet, but we will. I think that's like, how rude. Like, if that's what you think, out of here. And they'll either physically leave or if I can't run away, then I'll just shut down. Right? Was it talk to the hand because you're not getting in? So we want to make sure that we are in a position to influence other people or ourselves because it applies to you when you judge yourself as well and appreciate their gifts or our gifts so that we can appreciate the moment that that judgment has held and I can see you on the other side of whatever it is that the magic is going to happen as we explore people are not their behaviors I mean just be curious like what would make such an amazing human being act in that way how can I serve them better by allowing them to understand what's driving those behaviours? Because, well, like which vehicle are you choosing to meet your need <laughs> at an unconscious level? Because it's not rational, logical thought, right? It's like I said in the beginning, you will violate your own standards in order to meet a need. So are you using a bulldozer? like a bull in a china shop, causing all sorts of damage and breakages around you as you force your way through. Maybe it would be better to just go gliding elegantly, got your online skates on instead of your bulldozer, skating niftily, effortlessly and easily to the other side without all of that breakage and damage as you go. Or maybe... Are you in your speedboat down the river a million miles an hour causing this huge wake of chaos behind you? You'd be much more effective if you were just in your canoe, paddling downstream, taking in the view, enjoying the journey instead of like <laughs> all those people in those little boats behind you that are like tossed in the, the waves and the ripple effect that you've had in your speedboat. So the vehicle that you use is really important, but if you don't understand what the behaviour is about, why you're creating it, what need are you meeting, then you can't consciously choose a different vehicle. So each of the fuels has a top need and is more likely to have this as their go-to need. So let's explore the fuels, now you know, understand the fuels and what their top needs are. So wise fuel over on the west of the compass. 
very certainty driven. They have a need for structure, of course. They need to feel in control. Now they can meet their need for certainty by having a set routine, putting some structure in place, having an agenda or a plan, doing their research, making sure that they don't go out by themselves at night in a dangerous place, making sure they feel secure, maybe saving some pocket money or wages to have some money in the bank for a rainy day certainty and control in maybe that they are organised, a place for everything and everything in this place. But if I can't meet my need for certainty using a positive behaviour like that, then you will see a leader become a dictator. You'll do what I say, no questions asked or is that with our parents. <laughs> Sorry, sounded like it. Don't answer me back, do what I say. Rule with an iron fist. That's when in the workplace, managers become micromanagers and they're driving you crazy because they're looking over your shoulder every second of every day, checking on what you're doing. That's when maybe we see OCD tendencies start to escalate desperately to trying to control the structure in the world around them, checking, checking, checking to get certainty. So people are not their behaviours, their behaviour is meeting a need. When I see people who are angry, angry usually is a sign of feeling that you have no control and you're trying to take control. So understanding what a great gift when you understand this, if you are a parent or a teacher or a youth worker, or even in your business when you see employees show up with certain behaviours. People with a lot of exuberant fuel are the people who will want to meet their need for variety above all others. So their top need is variety. Now I can meet my need for variety if I had a lot of exuberant fuel uh, by um, making sure that there is routine. You know, I get bored doing the same thing day in, day out. Don't want it to be a dull as dishwater knowing exactly what's coming up. And so it's like, do different things in different places, different days with different people. Let's get some variety, watch a different movie, read a different book. Let's go to the party. Let's go meet different people. Let's go and do a roller coaster. Uh, let's go on holiday to a place that I've never been before. Lots of ways that I can meet my need for variety positively. But if I can't meet my need for variety in that way, Maybe I'll go and do drugs, like who knows what I will feel with some substance in my body. That sense of excited anticipation. Or maybe I'll go and join a gang. They go up to all sorts of exciting things, don't they? So it's easy to judge somebody when you don't understand what's going on. This is the kid in the back of the class who's bored, 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 bored with this lesson. Let me pick up a bottle of water, wing it to the front of the classroom because who knows what might happen. Another word for variety, definitely causing chaos or anxiety, that nervous sense of anticipation that perhaps just needs redirecting into excitement versus anxiety. If I have a lot of sensational fuel, my top need is probably love and connection. And I can meet my need for love and connection by having friends, by making sure I spend time with my friends and family, or maybe in intimate relationships. Uh, you can make sure that you can connect with people by phone or by video conferencing, uh, maybe face-to-face. -face. Oh, there's a novelty these days. I can make time in my day to connect with people. 
I can meet my need for love and connection by doing something awesome and you'll spend quality time with me. You'll notice me and give me that bit of attention by singing my praises and being present with me. But if you are not going to be present with me and connect with me, if I've done something good, I will throw a God Almighty tantrum, scream and shout, slam the door, swear at you. Oh, now I've got your attention and you're present with me. Now, it not be, might not be a great way to meet the need, but it'll meet my need and it's not just the kids that do that throw tantrums is it some of the big kids do it as well so again people are not their behaviors I just love the fact that you know when we do this in sessions be that face-to-face coaching one-on-one or in group sessions be that families or young people or businesses or schools you know just the little light bulb moments and the examples that people give me of how they've been meeting their fuels their needs as well now nova fuel if i have a lot of nova fuel my top need is likely to be significance and freedom to be me significance recognize me for what i've done i want to feel a sense of achievement I need to know that I've done something good and I need the freedom to express myself. Don't try and cage me in and dictate the rules to me because I'll rebel. And I see that show off in terms of you can meet your needs for significance by being the best at something. It's the best that you can be. It may not be the best in the world, but it's the best you can be. You can meet your need for significance and freedom to be you by looking different, doing things differently, shining because you're a great mom or a musician or a poet, just that way of being able to express myself through how I look or what I say, what I do, through music, through art, through ideas. But if I can't meet my need for significance and freedom to be me positively, I'm going to be a gang leader. I'll be the bully. I'll put everybody else down so I feel like top dog and better than you. I could be outrageous in the way that I look. I'll have tattoos, I'll have my face and my body and my eyes, whites of my eyes tattooed and piercings to the ridiculous. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh, when you see young people that have expressed themselves to the extreme in that way, the chances are they have a lot of Nova energy and, uh, and they are just desperately trying to be noticed, express themselves, be noticed, feel as if they have worth in the world. It's about that feeling of adding value, being valued and a sense of achievement. So notice what's showing up. Notice what's showing up around you because if you can start to notice what's going on in you and the people around you, then you can start to reward the behaviours you want, conditions, the good behaviours, meeting my need in a good way. And I can be curious, as I said, what would make such an amazing human being act in that way? A learning and growth, we didn't mention that one yet, and contribution, that's right in the middle of our compass with mission control, that spirit energy, that sense of purpose. So it's about being able to understand and recognize human behaviors not making people wrong but helping them to understand what's driving them you know those days when you think oh my gosh can't believe I did that said that is so not like me just remembering don't beat yourself up about it it just meant you were you met your need and violated your own standards by the same 
token as well. So if you give people strategies and understanding, now I can consciously choose this unconscious behavior that's driving me. It's such a relief when you get that for yourself. So being able to just see what shows up around you and being able to modify it by making better choices. So my questions are this. How do you get the feeling of the need that you're meeting? Like, what's your top need? Is it significance? Is it love and connection? Is it variety? Is it certainty? Is it learning and growth? Is it contribution? You'll usually have one or two that meet your needs to the highest standard. Now, the challenge is sometimes when we have a top need that we value, we overvalue it and can get stuck in poor behaviours because they meet our need at a high level. In that case, like I have people that come and say like, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. I hate this behaviour and it's causing me so much pain. And yet they've been doing it over and over and over for such a long time. And I will actively ask them, what benefit are you getting from the behaviour that you say you want to change? Because if you're stuck in a poor behaviour, then it's usually because it's meeting your needs at a high level and there's more benefit to keep doing it than there is to change. So we have to find out what is the pain? What is it costing you to keep doing that poor behaviour? And what would be more beneficial? What would be the pleasure of changing? to make it more painful for you to stay in that unwanted behaviour and uh, so it can get you out of it so that you can meet your needs at a high level doing something that feels good, is good for you and is sustainable long term. So we have to get you out of what we call secondary gain. So what is your top need? How do you meet that top need in your relationships, in your learning, in your school life with your friends, uh, in the workplace, could be by being a parent. How do you meet your needs? Are you happy with the way that you meet needs? Could you meet your needs in more positive, impactful and empowering ways? How might you do that? So I'll leave you with those thoughts to ponder and um, try to work out How can I change? How can I meet my needs more positively going forward in the future, especially coming into this new year? So you have been listening to me, TJ Dow, on this, the spot to your success, talking about your driving force, what's driving you unconsciously. How can you now consciously choose to do things differently so that it is feeling good, good for you, sustainable in the long term, having that ripple effect for you and the people around you. Ponder that over the next few days. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have any questions, then please do get in touch. www.backontrackteens.com. You can send us a message there through the website. And I'd love for you to give us a follow, uh, give us a like, Share it with your friends and family and do subscribe and uh, join us each week as we explore further into this journey in the Ignition programme. So until next time, stay amazing. Bye for now.